0: Hey, Blenders, on this week's show, I'm reporting live from CinemaCon. We talk about DC, Marvel, and Disney news and get you hyped for Olivia Wilde's new film, Don't Worry, Darling.
1: What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at hero.co.
0: Hello, Blenders, and welcome. Welcome to episode number 211 of Real Blend, a podcast that learned the hard way that the casino always wins. My name <laughs> is Sean O'Connell. Uh, I'm a little bit poorer <laughs> heading into this. As you can tell from my backdrop, I am not in my office. I'm in Las Vegas. Gabe, is that glare bad? I'll try to block it with my head. Uh, for CinemaCon 2022, which we're going to be discussing uh, all the different panels and footage that's been shown so far, uh, I'll be coming to you bearing news about DC and Marvel and Disney and, and even some information to get you hyped for Olivia Wilde's new film, uh, Don't Worry Darling, so stay tuned. Uh, let's dive right into the show. So much to get to. As you can see, Kevin McCarthy of Fox 5 in Washington, D.C., joining us as always. Hello,
1: Kev. Sean, Gabe, good to see you guys. And uh, this, I'm, I'm actually, what's interesting about today's show is I'm going to be just play curious person because I have so many questions about what you've seen at CinemaCon. For people who are listening to our show, CinemaCon is like this beautiful celebration of, Movies and movie theaters. Right. And like where it's these studios are showing the theaters and the own theater owners, like the footage and what's going to come out. And to me, it's like even now, it's more more important than ever that that this event takes place. And I think it's awesome that we're, you know, especially some of the big titles that are coming out of there. And Sean's going to talk about all the stuff that he's seen and what's coming up. Um, But it is like, really, this is such an important event. And it's always something I wanted to go to.
0: I say to you every year that you should be at this. I know, but I'm in tune with you.
1: The problem is, like, it's in tune with me, but it's not in tune with, like, I work for a local TV station in D.C., so they don't. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's I mean, I guess you could angle it like where I talk to the actors or, hey, Kevin, I saw this footage. I mean, it actually could be advantageous if I pitched it the right way. I mean, especially with the stuff you're going to talk about today. Like, that's all stuff I want to know about. Absolutely. Um, But yeah, yeah.
0: Well, as you can see, uh, if you're watching us on the YouTube channel, uh, Jake Hamilton is going to be out of this week's episode. Uh, he's down with a strained, a strained vocal cords. The poor boy. Uh, yeah. So we've gave Kovach sitting in the chair. Hi, Gabe. Welcome.
2: Hello. Happy to be here as
0: always, but happy to be here in a bigger and better way. Yes, yeah, man. Thrilled to have you here. Uh, as mentioned, if you're listening to us uh, on an audio feed and want to watch us, go to YouTube. Uh, hit subscribe turn on your notifications watch the video component of this go to youtube.com backslash podcast of course we're available all the different places you get your podcast needs met and then we have a premium show uh this week we're going to be doing what are we doing No, we're not quite sure that's up in the air
2: well i can i can cover that now actually so this well to, yeah, okay, I'll, at the end of the show
0: premium so oh, okay
2: for people yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I'll, there's a bit of an update um not, not an incredibly
0: exciting update, but an update. But I'll save it for the end of the show. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, well, when you sign up for Premium, not only do you get an additional show on Mondays uh, and a newsletter from myself every other week, but you get an ad-free version of the show, which is the best. Um, nice. It's just more content from the guys. And, uh, and who doesn't want that? So check the description uh, for information on how uh, and where you can go to sign up. We have a lot of news uh, to get into this week before we even get to... Uh, the CinemaCon panels and the footage that's being shown from it, including this bombshell uh, that dropped. And I find this to be fairly interesting because we are recording this week's podcast on Wednesday uh, and I got out of the Disney panel this morning, but tonight is the Universal panel. And if they wanted to tease uh, Fast X, (laughs) they're going to have a hard time bringing out the director because Justin Lin has stepped away uh, as the director of the 10th, Fast and Furious film. But here's the thing, like directors leave projects all the time, but he's one week into filming like they just made a big deal the other yeah. day with Vin Diesel, putting it on social media uh, and revealing the title Fast X uh, and Justin Lin due to uh, what he's calling creative differences uh, and having meetings with the creative team and the executive team behind that. They've all they've mutually agreed to let him uh, leave the project, but stay on board as a producer. So, um, Kev, I'm going to go to you because you are a resident Fast Man, yeah,
2: yeah. Um, does that and fandom I do, I, have a nickname uh, uh the fasties i don't i've have, I have yeah, no yeah, idea. So I, don't I don't know, know. <laughs> That's That's what, know we're what they call them be. now bottles uh, of nitrous what are they called? i call think, think justin
0: Lin has been a great um i think that he's been a, a terrific addition to this franchise like i when yeah. he's been behind the lens it's yeah. been one of the better fast and furious i like james wan's version too but but justin Lin seems to know what he's doing so were you stunned that this happened
1: yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously, this franchise has been through different directors, but, but Justin Lin really has, what, five of the films. I mean, he and in mm-hmm. arguably the best of the film, which uh, films, which is Fast Five, Um, though, I would I'm a huge Furious Seven fan, which is James Wan. But Justin Lin is is to me synonymous with with the Fast franchise, because when you go back to Better Luck Tomorrow, and kind of like the whole concept of, you know, it, it's kind of a cool thing and cool story. Um, and obviously the the action in these films has been so special because Justin is such a phenomenal uh, director when it comes to practical effects. I mean, mm-hmm. when he had him on our show for Fast Nine, I highly recommend finding the episode, um, even a, a shot like in Fast Nine, where the car is being magnetized through a building. Um that's done practically. I mean, they, they really launched this car through this building on this incredible gimbal setup they had. Um, and he walked through it in the interview and all the different practical effects they use for the magnets and everything. And I, and I only bring that up because the way he spoke about the way action was supposed to be done as a director was always something that I really admired because these films are obviously extreme. There's a there's got to be there's definitely CG involved, but he's trying his hardest to give you as much of it in camera as possible. Um, and for a director at that level on making films in that scale to so still thinking about it as practically and as small as possible, if that mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Right. Um, also, uh, yeah, I mean, this this exit worries me. It as a fan of the franchise, in terms of the fast movies it worries me because what does that mean like you know what's right. going on behind the scenes and you know the rock isn't in these films anymore and you know like you just wonder you hear about the drama and we're, we're not going to speculate and, and point fingers but i just think that it, it just worries me about what's going on behind the scenes because these movies are supposed to be fun yeah and for justin to step away uh, obviously something big must have happened and I don't, well, I don't, I don't know. Well, because if they were
0: really if they like you said, we can't really speculate on what we don't know, but if they right. were creative differences, truly creative differences over the story, mm-hmm. you would think they would have come up way before they started started filming. hundred so, percent. Yeah. Don't I, they kind I, it, of to yeah. that
2: point though, again, like not trying to like speculate or point to any drama that we don't even know exists, but I feel like historically Isn't this a franchise that even even at its scale, there's all these stories of like, oh, yeah, the night before we kind of Mm -hmm. rewrote this action scene or we kind of redid Mm -hmm. this. So I I wouldn't be completely surprised if they came out and said, like, yeah, after a week of us sort of doing what we kind of always do, which is retool it as we go in a big way. Like it it, historically just sounds like they do that a lot. Mm -hmm. I could see it more than, you know, maybe we think they go in with a plan and they mostly execute it. It sounds like there's a lot of it can be kind of fluid.
1: Yeah. Um, and I, I I just I just it more than usual, it, of course. It's interesting to me because at the end of the day, it's like the general public is going to see Fast and Furious is like they're not going to see Justin Lin's Fast and Furious. Sure. They're going to see the right. Fast and Furious franchise. Right. Um, you know, this is it's weird because I don't I don't want to compare it, but like. Like Justin Lin leaving Fast franchise, like even though he's important to the action, there are a lot of action filmmakers who could come in and, and try and replicate it. I don't know if they'll do as good of a job. But like you see a, a gigantic filmmaker like Christopher Nolan leaving Oppenheimer or something like that. That would like, sure. you know, that, that, that takes away the actual. The the I was just saying Oppenheimer just doesn't get
2: made. Yeah. From, right. Yeah, yeah. Right.
1: And, and I'm just speaking completely hyperbolically because I, you know, it's interesting to think about like if a certain, like if Spielberg stepped away from a project who steps right. in for that person, it's definitely Justin, the franchise is the, is the, uh, is the, okay, but then the let art. me ask, yeah. let me ask
0: you a question, Gabe, but because I don't, I don't think it'll
1: be as good without Justin Lin. I really don't. And I don't want to say that I, I I think as a fan, see, regardless of the general audience, not knowing maybe who Justin Lin is, they do know who he is because they're enjoying his movies sure. so much. You know what I mean? And like, and and, sure. and like, and I think That him stepping away is going to be, in my opinion, it's going to be a a big shoe to fill because I don't know that they're going to find somebody who's as passionate about these characters and the world as he is about it. And I just worry that it's not it's going to end up in the wrong hands. It's just going to be I don't know. We'll Well, see.
0: So the names that you heard right off the bat were like David Leach, who did Hobbs and Shaw Mm -hmm. and F. Gary Gray was suggested. Yeah. Gabe, do you think that like they should bring in a director who's familiar with the franchise or David would be point? great?
2: So so here's what's interesting, though. It's it. It depends on how long are they stopping filming? Like like are they going to take a break? Because if you get someone, you know, David Leach is David Leach is an interesting one because he's still a relatively young director as far as his career is concerned. Sure. And he's maybe not as, you know, um. He crushed Hobbs and Shaw, though. He did a good job. I'm not saying he's bad. I'm saying he doesn't necessarily come with the gravitas of, like, this has to be made my own. He could definitely come in, I think, where he's at and still kind of have that director for hire sense, especially since he's familiar with the the franchise and sort of Mm. execute the plan that they have. And he kind of, you know, he knows all the players. And um, I could see that working. But, you know, F. Gary Gray or... Anyone that we would like raise an eyebrow to, I find it hard to believe that they would come on without having time to actually redo everything to like come in and say like, well, if I'm going to do this, I have to want to do it. I have to, it has to make sense to me or do they just hire, you know, someone we've never Heard over someone we're not as familiar with, someone who's more of a you like know, a just second as,
0: unit director or an AD or someone Does a who's, second
2: unit step up, or does a does someone who's more of a studio hire that that like we wouldn't necessarily think? But like I'll you know, tell you pr- who it's gonna are, are going to be. I'm going on the
0: record right now, okay? Today, April twenty seventh. Vin, Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel is directing. it's <laughs> a like, like Colin Trevorrow. No, I swear to God, I'm not Vin, joking. Vin you Diesel? guys think I'm joking? Vin Diesel is going to step in and direct this movie I because just said, he's going yeah. to feel. And I agree with you, he, I don't think that he's necessarily qualified, but I think he's going to feel that he knows the franchise better mm-hmm. than anybody else does. Well, right. I think what we're tiptoeing I can, around is already already the, c- the
1: press tour. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I had to step up. To finish the Save saga the of franchise. the family. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I I had to come up to the plate. You know, right. we lost our director. I've been here <laughs> since day one, ground yeah. zero. And I'm not making fun of Vin Diesel. I I I listen, you you're talking to somebody who loves yeah. Dominic Toretto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I could Dude. see that be like Sean's hundred percent right. That PR of like, yeah. I stepped in, I know this world. And you that, know what? Does sound.
0: I'm not. Yeah, I'm not even saying that I wouldn't want to see Vin Diesel's version it. of a Fast and Furious movie. I kind of do want. to see, I, I, I
2: mean, it, it kind of feels like we've we've seen a lot of what we've seen is Vin Diesel's oh, version of the sure. Fast movie. Like it, it with what the stories that we hear, it's, it's a lot of he does have a lot of seems to or claims a lot of ownership about story. Sure. Even Justin Lin came out and said that you know me and Vin years ago would talk about the trajectory of where these films would go, and he's like in, in ten and eleven or ten and ten and a half or whatever they're calling these. Um, talk about being surprised that they're actually going to see that happen. So like, oh, wait, I, I, are there
1: two more? Two more. Two more oh, yeah. OK.
0: OK. That's so
1: then what's interesting about Vin Diesel stepping in now, going back real fast, I think F. Gary Gray, F. Gary Gray would be the better choice than David Leach. And I say that because F. Gary Gray worked in this part of the world of Fast and Furious. Sure. And I think he'd be able to pick it up and understand it better because Leach's was more on the on the. um I guess the sideline. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, and Leach uh, apparently and, has another film that he's going to that's write. The after other thing is ha- right.
2: who, who's just happens to be free, you know, like yeah. it's, that's, it's Vin Diesel. Like a lot. Yeah. Uh, so I did, want, I did want to say, I did want to say, <laughs> let's, I want to, I want to round off this, this segment, but sure. That's complicated in the sense that one, I think the thing we're kind of tiptoeing around is like, is Vin Diesel the person that was, the you know, the creative difference that he was running into if he does have all this sort of... Because of of previous drama
1: that we've heard, yeah, yeah.
2: Just like, yeah, just, you know, not that he seems difficult to work with, who knows? I think it's kind of weird for us to assume anything like that. But, like, we wonder if that's the case, and and if it's his vision that's winning by him stepping down, then, you know, maybe that makes sense. But, like, it's still going to (laughs) cost, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars to make this. And, like, uh, putting an actor who, to my knowledge, has never directed anything. Oh wait, um, hold on. But definitely, did has he not direct, directed. Did
0: he direct a short film in this franchise? He did. Uh... Oh, oh, <laughs> but did he?
2: <laughs> but did he direct? You know, I, I don't know. It's oh, maybe it's a well-oiled machine where the 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 second unit and everyone that shoots right. action can just can just this run is... and gun with it, and they don't need you know necessarily someone to be there at all times. Sure. Maybe it would work out. I just find it hard to believe. It just who knows how that situation is. I just find it hard to believe that any studio is like, okay, Vin Diesel here's. Several hundred million dollars. Hundred
0: million
1: dollars. So, Gabe, I think what? you're right. So, so Gabe uses the word "well-oiled machine" is the exact thing I was going to say. Uh, my, in my personal opinion, these films are they've been they've been made for so long that they're probably are like Justin Lin probably already did the work. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they they already probably went into like but, production but he, rehearsals.
2: But, but but did he? No. But here's my well, point I don't though. Know. I, if, I'm just, if I'm just changing, theorizing. If they're changing yeah. the vision that he already agreed to for week one oh no Did he? I, like how much I, of that is changing you know i don't, I don't know.
1: mean creatively in terms of like maybe different story directions i'm talking yeah. about like the overall scale and production of like where the actors are going to be when we're shooting the stunts site the locations stunts, stunts mm. um all that stuff like if you think about it vin diesel would probably just step in and be guided do you know what i mean like he'd be like a guided film i think we've already
2: gone too far No, no this is, vin is, diesel. This is I an interesting it. i, I, I
1: agree it. with sean and i'll tell you right now knowing Vin Diesel just through the press and kind of his love of the franchise. I think, Sean, I'm telling you, I could see it right now. Vin
0: steps in to save the day. I'm gonna give myself a little pat on the back when that announcement Um, gets to me. I won't be completely shocked, shocked. but I very much doubt it. All right, let's move on to CinemaCon, uh, which is being held in Las Vegas. As I mentioned, I've been here since Monday. We are recording this on Wednesday and it goes through one more day. Uh, We're gonna run through a couple of the cool movies that have been teased at the different panels, starting with Don't Worry Darling, which is coming from Warner Brothers. Later this year, I want to say in September, uh, it's likely going to be an award contender 23rd. for them. Awesome! It is from Olivia Wilde, who she's following up Booksmart, um, and this is a completely, completely different uh, approach for her. Um, I'm going to try to describe it without giving away too much because it also feels like the less you know about this t- this film, the better. Uh, it stars. It's, it's a Florence Pugh vehicle, essentially. Uh, but it also stars Harry Styles and Olivia Wilde herself is in it, um, and a couple other really big characters. Uh, uh, oh, you say? It. Oh, Chris Pine. Chris Pine Thank is you, Chris also Pine. in it. Captain yeah. Kirk is what I was going to say. Yeah. Captain Kirk. Thank you. So um, it's <laughs> set <laughs> ah, in. Captain Kirk.
2: Jim Ch- Chan is in uh, it. Jim correct.
0: Chan? Oh wow, I didn't know she was in it. So it it it, it didn't uh, fully determine the period or the era that it takes place, but it looks like late fifties, sixties, um, and they look like they're being set up. So all of the actresses are playing uh, wives of men who are going off to work on um, a mysterious project. You don't know what the project is. It has a, it almost has a feeling of like the atom bomb potentially. um, And they are uh, responsible for keeping things running at home. But the more that Florence Pugh seems to uh, investigate what's going on in this idyllic suburb, um, she begins to question not just the project uh, that the that the men are going off to work on, but everything that's going on back home in 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 the different homes. So it has a little bit of like a step for wives uh, feel to it, um, and then a lot of like just her questioning her uh, psychology. Like, is she is she going mad, um, or is she being put through? Uh, but it but it has also too like and an, and maybe it's Florence Pugh being involved in it, but like an Ariaster. Uh, kind of feel to it of like, is there a cult happening? It has kind of a Rosemary's baby kind of feel to it Um, and just looks like a big step up for Olivia Wilde into like genre storytelling. Uh, The imagery is really stark uh, in terms of one of the things when, when Florence Pugh is beginning to question whether she's going mad or not. Um, And then Chris Pine comes in and he's essentially the uh, executive in charge of this mysterious project and when he comes in it, you don't know if he's like the cult leader uh, or or how mm. that's working out. Really fascinating approach because it's it has this kind of symmetry that comes with those suburban layouts of the 1950s and 60s, which Olivia Wilde then leans into visually. Uh, and also the way that the employees are working uh, in terms of the the project and and how mysterious it is. I, I, I didn't know what to expect from it. I didn't know that it was like a straight up thriller this way, mm. but that's the tone that it's giving off. And uh, also, Florence Pugh looks like she's off the charts good
1: i want to shout out uh matthew limitique who shot this film who did like pie and Requiem for a dream probably one of the one of the craziest years of cinematography is when he shot stars born and venom in the same year they (laughs) both came out um (laughs) but john powell did the music for this i'm i'm all in i loved book smart um i i I am this is gonna sound crazy because everyone's a fan of him but i love harry styles i think he's a brilliant brilliant um artist. I think he's mm-hmm. a great actor. I, I, and what I love about him so much is really like if you listen to his his records, his vinyls, music um, his and his music videos, he's a very, very cinematic person. You can just tell. I mean, with the, and I love the way his music videos work. Um, and I thought that Christopher Nolan did a great job with him in Dunkirk and they did a really good job of not making the movie just about Harry Styles being in it. He was one of the characters in the crowd, but he played it, downplayed it well. And when I saw this casting. You know, Florence Pugh is honestly... One of the best actors I have seen in my lifetime. like like Just based on emotional range, she just is unbelievable to watch. And Midsommar is probably the awakening of that for me. Um, But Olivia Wilde is one of my favorite, most exciting directors at this moment. And Booksmart was excellent. And I love the 50s style aspect of it. And I'm curious, like, what they're working on. It looks great. You saw a trailer, right?
0: Yeah, it's like a long trailer kind of. So I wouldn't be surprised if it comes out soon-ish. Yeah, because it's Um, September. um,
2: Did you get, I'm curious, just from your description, I haven't, I've remained kind of unplugged from this because it does sound so intriguing. You mentioned, like, the secret project. Does it feel like you're going... Gonna be kind of straight thriller with a weird governmental thing, or does it feel like it's gonna go down like there's gonna be a weird sci-fi thing? Like and uh, how weird, how there's gonna weird... be a
0: weird sci-fi thing.
2: Weird sci-fi. And thing. and like, I can even nope. tell
0: you this. Well, that's dude, really funny that you say that because I did take, speak to somebody who got to see this movie last week in its entirety, and the comparison they made is Get Out. That like oh, the whole time wow. you're watching it, oh, wow. what you think you're seeing is turned on its head like every couple of minutes
1: so interesting
0: and that's a little bit why i don't want to keep throwing out details about sure. it because i, sure, sure, I sure. kind of want people to go into it as much as, as i possible. wanted to
2: know just from your description that's where like the two yeah. branches my brain went on were, like weird Hard sci-fi or just like you know twilight zone you know like there's the definitely
0: some weird stuff going on
2: that's cool yeah.
0: yeah and so that like the don't worry darling is is either um i think it's like and again, it's the fifties and sixties and it kind of leans into a little bit of the stereotypes of, of husbands and wives. And it's sure. like, that could be why uh, husbands coming home and telling their wife not to worry because everything's going to be fine. Oh, or it, plays it was also it like a, the role of the wife, you know, getting the home ready. And so that right. when the agitated husband comes home, they're like, don't worry, darling, everything's fine. You're back home safe here. And she's kind of talked about the fact that she really wants to lean into the dichotomy of both of those, uh, those aspects.
1: She's, so. she's an exciting, exciting filmmaker. I'm very excited about this. I, I, I um, it's weird because like I think Harry Styles to me is the thing I'm the most interested in about, aside from Olivia Wilde, just because right. I think he's an exciting actor. I think he's really gonna shine in this. I think a huge
0: weird, yeah. Listening to um Olivia Wilde talk about just how excited she was for this movie, like she yeah. described it as like her dream project and something she's cool. like excited to do for a super long time. So yeah, yeah, was I,
2: excellent. I think we yeah. all said, if I remember I know I said it and I think we all agreed or said it in some way we really enjoyed book smart. We loved it to some degree. And every one of us left that going like, Oh, I just can't wait to see what she's going to do next. Like you can tell like this, this feels like someone who knocks out a first film and who has a lot more going on that they're going to be able to execute moving forward. So I'm excited to hear that. That's, it sounds like that's what's happening with this. So,
0: okay. So from the uh, intriguing sort of Oscar contenders uh, to the DC panel, Warner brothers, uh, as part of their uh, presentation, talked about the three, There are three DC movies coming this year and then two big ones coming next year. Now, one of them is the animated uh, League of Super Pets. It looks cute. Um, It's The Rock and Kevin Hart uh, voicing uh, two dogs. (laughs) And essentially one of them is the pet of Superman. And it plays on a couple of DC tropes and it it looks totally cute. I like Um,
1: Secret Life of Pets. (laughs)
0: You know, <laughs> now what? It's, imagine it's, they had superpowers
1: yeah, it reminds yeah. me
0: very much of that but like if they had like someone like, could run as fast as the flash or and kevin hart is in that too yes he is in oh, that that's funny too. but yeah. in this one he's voicing a dog and not uh oh. a rabbit so oh yeah okay yeah, yeah but it looks cute uh okay so oh before that i'm sorry they had news uh matt reeves came out on stage and again huge advocate for the theatrical experience. Uh, this was a bit of a victory lap for him because he came out to the Batman doing seven hundred and sixty million dollars or the total that it's over at this point now. Um, And then he confirmed that he is returning for the Batman, two. So, Gabe, you were asking me, like, what new information? Uh, yeah. Did they give anything? Yeah. I-, I mean, I hate to burst your bubble, but like outside of him saying it's me happening. and Robert Pattinson are coming back. <laughs> Honestly, like, yeah, that's all I need to know. Yeah, we know. He didn't mention Kravitz coming back. No, I don't think he did. I saw some people tweet Strange. that, so maybe he did. Um, maybe did they did. mention a window? Like we plan to no, have this in nothing. a couple years? Or didn't mention dates? Didn't mention. Uh, he I'll, literally said, "Like uh, we will discuss this at some other cinema cons in the future."
2: <laughs> I'll give a I'll give an anecdote while we're here, uh, since there's not much to say about this. A friend of mine um, finally, it's it's on HBO Max now. Um, and so I recommend watching it. But they were finally going to see it. They didn't. They didn't go see it in theaters. And uh, they messaged me, and they were like, "You saw this, right? Is it good?" And I was like, "Oh yeah, it's going to be great." And then a couple of days later, I followed up, and I was like, "Did you watch that?" And they go, "You know what? I meant to message you." He's like, "That's a really like dark movie, like darkly lit movie." Because I um, tried to watch it in the middle of the day. He's <laughs> like, "I had to close all my blinds." He's like, "I still couldn't see." He's like, "So I have to the wait until it's like." Experience. He's like, "I got to wait until it's like the <laughs> middle of the night," and and then I will, and then I'll watch it. And I was like, "Okay." I was like, "Yo, yeah, you know, be warned, the theatrical experience." They fixed that for you. Uh, Who was
0: his cinematographer on that? Do we do we know? Oh, and, I, uh,
2: the Batman. On the, the Batman? Batman. Oh, Greg Fraser. Greg Fraser. Was it Greg
0: yeah. Fraser? Yeah. Oh yeah, he won don't the think Oscar. He's, don't you think he's thrilled to hear that some dude <laughs> was watching it at home in the middle of the day with all of his windows open? Well, telling, to, his, to, yeah. to to
2: to my friend's credit, they stopped <laughs> and they said, "I'm gonna I'm gonna at least give it the respect of right, waiting right. until the wait until the sun's down." And
1: <laughs> yeah, the other day I was watching. Uh, I was watching. Ozark, actually. And there, I was sitting in the in the uh, in the area of my house, and it happened to be lit in a way where I could see a bit of my kitchen behind me. Okay. And I'm kidding you not like I was in the middle of this scene. and I was so in it that I saw a person start to walk. And I thought there was a person walking behind me, but it was literally just the reflection. But it was in the in the show itself. Oh, that's funny. But because of the light reflection, it made me think there was someone in my house. So I actually turned around and almost got freaked out. It was, I, mean, that's, <laughs> I know it's a sidetrack note, but that's what lighting in a house can do to a shot in a movie if it's dark.
0: Anyways. Imagine if uh, Matt Reeves is about to make his Dark Knight. Uh, it's I, possible I have- Dark
2: Knight. What i'm you very excited that? for well, that was like, his batman begins meaning in this, quality? Yeah, yeah
0: if now mm-hmm. he's now he's you know in the world and he's set it up if now he, he can really swing for the fences and and i thought i thought he did a great job in the first one so if he he's did gonna, a great job and to raise the bar i can't wait to see what he's what he has the potential to do so i do think uh, a
1: lot of people came around to how i felt about it ultimately which was it was very good i didn't think it was to me personally great overall and i, I like your batman begins dark knight there it's interesting because batman begins is arguably people will say is their favorite of the batman trilogy but yeah. like this was a very good movie that he made what what if the next one is his dark Knight? what if it is yeah. his
0: and more than yeah. anything i'm just excited that he's staying with it you know that like it's his vision is going to continue developing this because warner brothers for you know we're being honest, has had uh, a tendency to not support director visions and and uh, allow people to tell the types of stories that they want to tell all the time. It's funny, like James Wan is able to and Patty Jenkins is able to, but then you hear of other directors who have horror stories. I'm not even talking about Snyder, but like other directors who have horror stories trying to get there. Oh, David Ayer would be another, you know, someone who had his suicide squad sort of chopped up. So, yeah. um, Okay, so the remaining films that uh, played, I want to go to Black Adam because that one looked the most intriguing to me. Uh, the rock obviously has been championing this one for a long time says he's been working on the script off and on for about a decade and really sees this as his uh, his big franchise which is you know kind of crazy because he's got jumanji and um he's been part of the fast and furious franchise black adam's interesting because it 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 feels a little bit like Shazam he has uh, the powers of a god and wears the, the lightning bolt on his chest but he's absolutely an anti-hero uh, they made a big deal of, they said that his uh, inspiration for this movie is Clint Eastwood's Dirty Harry. Um, yeah. And, like, he's someone who does not mind killing people uh, in order to uh, seek the vengeance that, that he brings on. So, you know, they make a big thing about the members of the, they're going to introduce the members of the Justice Society of America. And it's people like uh, Hawkman and Cyclone and a couple of the DC characters you might not be that familiar with. And they say point blank to him, uh, Aldous Hodge who plays Hawkman, says uh, superheroes don't kill people. And Dwayne Johnson's is like, I do. And then he like punches this dude and the dude goes flying off into like the, strat- the stratosphere. So yes. um, wait, did I have- hear he catches a bomb. Oh, dude. Yes, he's st- so he's in the middle of a desert. And a a car pulls up and the people stop and they're terrified of them. They start to roll their windows up kind of thing. Uh, And then there's a tank that fires a missile and it's coming right at the truck and Dwayne Johnson just catches it. Uh, And he like looks at it and the dude in the car is like, he caught a bomb. And then it explodes and like a cloud of dust goes over everything. And then it comes back around and he's still just standing there like a totally unfit. Faced by and, you know. Time. It's
1: kind of like a sequel to Fast Eight when he like doesn't even maneuver that missile on the yes.
0: ice. Yes, he does <laughs> with his bare hands. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know, he just looks like a superhero like in his own right. So you know, you put leotards on him, and he's essentially uh, a character. But I, I am kind of fascinated that uh that he's been shepherding this long. And and of the DC films, that footage impressed me, impressed me the most. So, also, you guys want to know about
1: Black Adam. Lawrence Shear shot this. Who shot Joker? Which yeah. is a good good thing to bring up. He stayed he stayed in the DC universe. Um, I'm excited about. it. I, I do like that. It's a. It sounds a bit darker. Um, you know. His um. His big
2: is. his big matchup is Superman, right? Like that's the big.
0: He, yeah, or so, Shazam, or Shazam. Like uh, so I can see that crossing Shazam. over with that universe. Yeah, that's what
2: we're gonna get. Never mind. Yeah, but
0: as it. part of that trailer, I really did want the final shot to be like Superman showing up because that would. But, he, been, but
2: he's got the whole. It's got the Shazam aesthetic. So that makes sense. it
0: does, but even still, so like the next one that we saw was Shazam: Fury of the Gods, and I liked the first Shazam, but it yeah, looked like wow. it was done on a budget. It was great. Yeah, 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 but I, but it looked like it was done on a budget, right? Like it yeah. it it looks like it's a certain budget type of superhero. looked
1: good uh, to me. I mean, like it was like it was a little more looks grounded. Good.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, with this sequel, it feels like Shazam: Fury of the Gods is uh, ramping up the budget. It looks like they're putting you know now that they're, they're confident in what they have. One of the elements of Shazam Fury of the God that I found most intriguing is that, and I didn't even think about this. Spoiler, uh, if you haven't seen the first movie, but by the end of him, when his entire family turns into superpowered beings yep. or members of the Shazam family, now the sequel, since that's been established, can play a lot more uh, with going back and forth between the teenagers and superheroes. Uh, Adam and Brody. So, yeah, Adam so Brody's, Brody's going to be there. Guest on the show. And um, yeah. the kid from... The kid from... Um, it. What's his name? I'm blanking oh, Yeah. Out. yeah yeah um, um Finn oh, Wolfhard. He plays Freddie. No, no, not no. no, Finn no. That's Stranger Things. Go ahead, go ahead. I'll I'll, I'll fire hey, it. You look it up. He plays Freddie. He was uh, uh Billy Batson's um stepbrother in the in the no, film. Finn is like, in it, by
1: the way. Both of Finn them. Finn is in it, yes, yeah. he is, definitely.
0: Uh and it looks really good. It looks a lot more confident. Zachary Levy looks a lot more confident in the role. The the hook of this movie, again, which is very based in family. Uh, is that Billy Batson, who is an orphan uh, and landed with his foster family, is now turning 18 and might be forced to move on uh, from the family. And what is he going to do if he has to go out on his own? What's his name?
2: Uh, Jack Dylan Grazer.
0: Oh, thank you very much. Jack Hilarious. Dylan Grazer was in, was
1: in the first Shazam. Yes, That's he was. What oh, I, thought, yeah, I yeah. thought you meant a, a new. I'm sorry.
0: I, I could have told you
1: it was Jack Dylan <laughs> oh, okay. Grazer. I, I, um, I didn't realize that. I thought you meant it was a new person. Because Rachel Zegler gotcha. like, well, in this one, too, and she wasn't in the last one. And Helen Mirren.
0: Helen Mirren yeah. is the main villain. So that's cool. And there's a weird bit, too, where Shazam is confronting uh, Helen Mirren's character, who is also an an ancient god. Um, And she's like, you know, I have far more experience uh, at battle than you do. And Shazam's like, yeah, but I've seen all the Fast and Furious movies. And I was like, that's a funny Mm -hmm. joke. But like, Does that actually the happen, or Are you Furious making this, this up? No, no, no. I'm, I swear to God, this is not a joke. This is a <laughs> oh line God. in the trailer. And he didn't, was like, this, didn't this trailer play right after the Justin Lin news broke? Yeah, yeah, essentially, because we were waiting wow. to go into the Warner Brothers panel before the Fast X movie. That's but I was so like, weird. If, you, if you've seen if like Shazam has seen all the Fast and Furious movies, wouldn't he yeah. recognize Helen Mirren? Yeah, no, you know that's, that that's the whole that's...
2: boring, broken thing. Yeah, that's why it's <laughs> that's also that's, kind of a lazy joke. Because they're not, because like, what does that even mean? I guess maybe yeah. it makes fun of it. makes fun. Well, I guess I appreciate it because it makes fun of Fast and Furious for being turning them into superheroes
0: without calling them superheroes. Oh, I guess so. That's a good that's way to true. look at it, actually. Yeah. Oh, that, that was so. This was a, the, one of the saddest lines for a movie that actually looks really good, which we're not going to get to, which is uh, Baz Luhrmann's Elvis. Oh, man. um, which looks great and it looks like he's really reinventing. Oh, what's his uh, name
2: is playing Elvis, right? Austin it's Butler. Yeah, yeah. Yes, Penn's and spring. uh,
1: Text right. For people who have seen Hollywood, he's the, the literally one of the best scenes of Quentin's career with Brad Pitt. And yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, Baz Lerman was on stage sort of selling that musical and, you know, trying to, trying to pump up the, the way that he does movies and how it's, you know, everyone's coming to the theater for superheroes. And then he goes, you know, when you think about it, Elvis really was the first superhero. <laughs> oh, like, Jesus. Come, come on, Bass. <laughs> come on, don't spit a, bit of a problematic try to make that superhero. Yeah. <laughs> so, so let's yeah. <laughs> it,
1: uh, maybe he was testing the waters, like, maybe that'll be our tagline, but just to see how it goes. <laughs> um, he's trying. We don't need superheroes this summer. We're he's already already have, a, he's got a piece of
2: paper. He just keeps throwing out one-liners, and he's like, yeah, All he's like what do, do y'all think? <laughs> um,
1: I, 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 I'm very excited about that film. I actually, I really, really, really loved his great Gatsby. Um, that's probably like mm-hmm. one of the films of his that I, but I know everyone knows he's a great director, but I just rewatched Gatsby like recently. I I just think that's a, such a fabulous film and like he's, he's Moulin Rouge, everything and Romeo, Romeo and Juliet. I need to rewatch that. I haven't seen that in years. Well, I want to just cause awesome. you
0: brought up Gatsby and then we'll get to flash right after that. The, the way he's approaching Elvis's music is the way he said When they had to do jazz in Gatsby, he knew he wanted to do something different with it. So he went to Jay-Z and Jay-Z was like, "Okay, well, let's make jazz like hip hop. So that's what he's doing kind of with Elvis's songs. He's like, you'll know the songs and you'll hear them, but I'm making them different, like to fit my. And really, he did it with Romeo and Juliet. He did it with Moulin Rouge. He takes songs, you know, and he sort of reinvents them kind of thing. And I think that's what he's going to do with Elvis's music.
1: Quick question. Uh, Is Austin live singing and playing? Yes. Is Uh, it live or recorded?
0: recorded uh uh no 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 it's i think it's live in the moment he's only doing the young elvis because his voice fit that pattern perfectly i don't know what they're doing for the later stages because it does go through his full career it it does get into like vegas elvis eventually so Interesting. And Tom Hanks because, in it. Tom Hanks plays yeah. Colonel Tom Parker. So,
1: and this is not this is not like uncommon. Like for like Bohemian Rhapsody, obviously, you know, Rami didn't sing right, uh, right. The, for the majority of it. But I mean, it is interesting that the, I didn't know about the switching of the voice. That's actually a piece of information that I'm fascinated now. I wonder how they're going to play with that. And we will so. find
0: out. It's Going to be in theater yep. soon enough. Um, the Flash. So, The Flash showed some footage. This Is Andy Muschietti's uh, version of The Flash a standalone film starring Ezra Miller? It kind of got punted into 2023. It's going to be June of 2023 now, and it was supposed to be November of this year. So they had a lot of footage shot for it because the movie was, uh, you know, I think they rec- uh, shot most of what they needed, and it's going through post production now at this point.
2: Didn't they start shooting forever ago? Like, yeah, it's been a
0: it's been a long time.
2: Forever um, ago, I feel like
1: oh, I feel like I remember you guys. Ago. I think I remember I you. interviewed him during it.
0: Yeah. Oh wait, I, we were. I thought okay. you
2: guys were in London when they were shooting at some point, weren't you?
0: We were in London for Birds of Prey. And we ran into Andy in the hotel we right. were staying in. And he was in London to start scouting yeah, locations. Yeah, I remember that so That's
2: why was uh, it was a
1: long time ago. They were scouting. <laughs> yeah, long time I ago. guess that makes sense if they were scouting at that point.
0: So the thing about sure. the Flash trailer, yeah. which I find really interesting, is that by now you guys probably know that it's uh, going to showcase uh, Michael Keaton's Batman. Because mm-hmm. it's, they did confirm that it's going to be DC's first entrance into the DC multiverse. Which again, Spider-Man kind of beat them to the punch. Marvel sort of stole their thunder a little bit by doing that, So and by going yes, of all David, people exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> right. of all players by, so by going did. through the multiverse, uh, he's going to encounter Tim Burton level uh, Michael Keaton Batman. Um, the trailer was really heavy into Keaton and Batman, <laughs> like it was Ezra Miller kind of talking to somebody through an intercom, and you realized that the person he was talking to ends up becoming ends up being Bruce Wayne. But because of that, you saw like there was a shot of like a bookcase um, in a mansion that eventually started to like come apart like a puzzle, like a like a cube almost. And behind it was like six bat suits on mannequins. Right. Um, so it was like a way him. It's like the the old nineteen sixties Batman where he goes down the pole, <laughs> but in this one he's got like a, a bookcase that comes did, open in that way. Did you see Michael Keaton at all? At the very end, you see him uh, in the bat suit with the cowl off and that's Is when he... he delivers the line uh so he, at the member at the end of the first flash trailer when yeah. Ezra just says like so are you in and we hear he, his voice the, or something right well yeah no he walked into frame and his cowl was like that's, from right, that's back. right yeah yeah so, so in this I, one uh, ezra uh, says that again and then keaton goes uh you want to get nuts Let's get nuts and now. The so ends. that leads
2: me to my the question I was getting at, which is: yeah. Is this Michael Keaton today, or is this a? Or are they like de aging no, Michael Keaton? No, no, no. To no. Be... It's Michael
0: Keaton now. It's it's okay. a
2: it's a seventy year old Batman. man. We're getting old man Bruce. I kind of love that.
0: We are yes, and there was an action set piece and he's in the still middle in the suit. of it. Huh? Yeah, 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 and huh. he was on the motorcycle. There's a there was a the main action that was shown in the trailer was like a car chase, um, and it was cop cars and Batman on his motorcycle. And the flash running through all the st- all the cars in the chase, and like cop cars are flipping over. Batman on a cycle, and I'm sure it's a stunt man, you know, but it's meant to be Keaton's. So when Keaton's when Bat- Pattinson first, first, I think it was when Pattinson first got cast,
2: I said this a long time ago, and I don't know if it was on this show or wherever. But if this leads us to uh, Michael Keaton as. Old Man Bruce Wayne and we get a Batman Beyond adaptation and he gets to play Old Man Bruce Wayne in that where he's like teaching a young Batman. Right. I'll be happy with whatever this movie ends up being.
0: But do you know what that's going to be? I think I think that's going to be what Batgirl is. I'm into it. As long as
2: it's that dynamic. I want that character dynamic of and and especially with it being Michael Keaton, Old Man Bruce teaching a, a, a pupil who, you know. Has all this new gear and kind of has its own flavor, but is trying to learn to become Batman. I, I loved that show growing up because of that dynamic.
0: For sure. And because Keaton is definitely going to be in the Batgirl and he's playing Batman, and
2: Maybe I think that's, that's an HBO we, Max okay. series.
0: Right. I'll tell um, you. And you, you know who's directing that? Is uh, Bilal and Adil, the guys who did Fast oh, right. for Life. Uh,
2: that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bad
0: Boys for Life. Those guys
1: did a great job.
0: (laughs) So I'm kind of excited to see what they do with that universe as well, too. I think they're directing the first one or two episodes of Miss Marvel, also when that comes out. Oh, really? Nice. I'm a little bit excited to see what they do with that. Um, Let's take a quick break uh, for an ad so we can pay some bills, and we'll see you guys on the other side.
2: This episode of Real Blend is brought to you by Marvel Strike Force. Marvel Strike Force is a mobile squad RPG that allows you to battle with your favorite team of superheroes and supervillains in a fight to save the universe against threats like Doctor Doom and Apocalypse. Power up your favorite characters and build a team to complete missions, unlock gear and other resources, and even challenge other players in PvP modes such as Alliance War and Arena. New ways to battle with your roster are released regularly and the meta is constantly evolving. And now you can sign on for Marvel Strike Force's new Deadpool anniversary event in order to receive a generous gift containing character shards, an anniversary diamond orb, gear and other great items. Better yet, each week during the Deadpool anniversary, players can complete events and receive even more special rewards and skins. If you want to get in on all the fun of Marvel Strike Force, be sure to use our promo code MaxPool. That's M A X P O O L and thank you to Marvel Strike Force for supporting the show.
1: What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading
0: brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. And we are back, transitioning into one of my favorite subjects of all, and that's Spider-Man. As part of the Sony panel, they kicked off things on Monday, and... We were, I thought they were going to bring some stuff for, for Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, especially when that movie was supposed to stick with its October date. Um, but now it got moved back to summer of 2023, uh, and part two is going to be in 2024. So more time for uh, the co-directors to work on it and the producers and story. Uh, well, I guess it's story by Phil Lord, I think, because um, he had a story by in the first one, too. And, uh, wasn't
2: he? He was. Didn't we? I think we talked about this with them. That he was writing that while they were shooting, um, the after party. The after party.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he, uh, so Phil Lord and Chris Miller came out to, to discuss uh, Spider Verse, and they brought the first fifteen minutes of the film. But if you have ever seen uh, unfinished animation, it was. Oh, um, it wasn't even
2: a finished fifteen minutes. A oh. chunk of that.
0: Yeah, like some of it was computer generated animation and looked pretty close, and some of it was hand drawn stuff. <laughs> That that's just cool, you though, know, that's filled in.
1: It I was like re- that. oh, yeah. dude,
0: it was it is very very cool. Yeah, I, I thought it was really sick. Was so, it scored? Did they have music on it and everything. If it was, I'm sure it was just a temp track. A yeah, temp. Uh, okay. Yeah, I don't think it's the finished stuff. But it was like that was it was the voices of. Um, oh God, who voices? Shemik Moore. Shameik yeah, Moore. no, who does Gwen Stacy? Oh. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Hawkeye. Yes, exactly. Thank you. The new Hawkeye. Come on. What's her name?
2: You're asking me the person who is the worst at names. Are you talking about Haley Steinfeld? Thank you, Kevin. Yes, Haley Steinfeld. She
0: voices Gwen Stacy or Spider Gwen in this movie. Um, And so it's their vocal tracks. And so what we got to see was an action set piece that opens the movie. Uh, It's set on Gwen Stacy's universe. Um, she, her father is Captain Stacy, who is famous cop from the Spider-Man universe. And he is going to the Guggenheim museum because there's a criminal there. It ends up becoming the vulture. Uh, Gwen Stacy shows up. There's a big aerial battle between, uh, Gwen Stacy and the vulture. And then, uh, the main character that we saw at the very end of into the Spider-Verse is Miguel O'Hara, who's voiced by Oscar Isaac, uh, Spider-Man 2099. He shows up through a portal. So he joins the battle and then kind of says to Spider-Gwen, I'm going through the multiverse and cleaning up your mess. And she's like, what are you talking about? I don't even know what you mean. Um, We fixed all that. And they were like, no, what you did with the Kingpin's Collider, which was that big machine that he used to open up the multiverse, uh, created far more problems than you think. uh, And, you know, now I got to sort of put all this stuff back together. So as part of the battle, we also saw uh, Jessica Drew, who is Spider-Woman, uh, and she's voiced by Issa Rae in the film. And uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller said <laughs> the way that they kept teasing how big this movie is. Um, they mentioned that the first movie had forty characters total, a, full, a total of forty characters. These two movies combined have two hundred and forty characters, <laughs> and currently uh, it takes place in six different universes. Um, but they, with the ability to potentially add one or one more, one or two more wow. before they're <laughs> before they're finished. So so they did reveal that. Um, so the, the 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 new one that's coming out in 2023 is called Across the Spider-Verse. And then they changed the title of the, the second one to Beyond the Spider-Verse, which has some people speculating if there's going to be an aspect of them leaving the animated Spider-Verse and bringing in the live action. It's a, it's a little corny, action, guys.
2: but like if they pull it off, it could be great. Oh, that's I awesome. Mean, if, if we get someone like Space Jam.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or Roger Rabbit.
2: Yeah. Yes. I was going to say, when's the last time we got like a Roger Rabbit, really earnest Roger Rabbit take on
0: that? Yep. Could be and great. I mean, it could. Yeah, it could be truly fantastic. So
1: wait, wait, wait. I say Space Jam because I was thinking it'd be more like you would have live action Spider Man's
0: and then the CG guys. Oh, in the, in the animated part. In sure, the you- same shot. Oh, yeah, that's what I think. I that, think yeah. if it like goes on, beyond the yeah. Spider-Verse, right, 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 you'd right. have a mix of... And really, I mean, if you're going to bring the guys back for anything else, like that's the thing to bring them back for. No. Garfield and, and Toby Bires. Oh, Bire, those, so. guys. those yeah, guys. Yeah, those guys, I mean. Or even use it to set up a, a live-action uh, Miles Morales, because that's... That's a great idea. I'd be in on that.
2: If I mean, Sony were I mean, to have their own live-action Spider-Man, i love Garfield. Happy if it ends up being that... But a live-action Miles Morales would be...
0: Well, because Garfield just dope. said today on the day that we're recording, like right before we started recording, he said he's going to take a, a long break from acting. Like mm-hmm. he's, he's taxed, and he wants to, yeah, to work figure out who he is as a person. So he's like, I'm going to take a break so I can work out and become Spider-Man. Yeah. Be ready for <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Beyond the Spider-Verse. All right, so speaking of working out uh, and, and being physically fit for a movie, uh, we've learned that Bad Bunny, who uh, is a very popular rapper and also does a lot of stuff in the WWE is going to be playing a character named El Muerto in one of the Spider-Man spin-off films for Sony pictures. So that means that Sony has Raven, the Hunter coming f- with Aaron Taylor Johnson, which is filming right now. That's cool. They cast Dakota Johnson and Sidney Sweeney uh, in a Madam web film. Uh, and now El Muerto, El Muerto is going to be the 2024 Sony pictures one. And then they confirm they're working on venom three. So those are the big we were talking Spider-Man a little spin-offs. bit about this.
2: Who is El Muerto? And you mentioned that no one really knows or that it's not not really <laughs> it's a, a big character.
0: Yeah, it's a terrific question, because like you said, no one really knows. Like, I think right. he's either appeared in two or three issues of the comics total. Um, wow. And he's just a luchador. Like he's a, yeah. a wrestler with some additional powers um, but it's a blank slate; like it really that's gives the Sony cool. the ability to do whatever they want to do. With yeah, that's him. cool. But like, it's not and like you can he has see Bad Bunny
1: this year in Bullet Train, David yes. Leach's movie.
0: Yeah, and I think you know that's Kevin. I'm sure that's what happened. I think Sony probably saw him in that. And is really... Bullet Train a Sony movie? Yes, yes, it is. Um, Makes sense? You could see him in the trailer. He's fighting Brad Pitt when Brad Pitt's using the briefcase to sort mm-hmm. of block off his knife. That's Bad Bunny. So I I guarantee they saw something in him in that, and then decided to. Give him his pick of, uh, of characters. So that's coming in 2024. And that was Sony. So, that was so Sony showed uh, a big chunk of Bullet Train, which is coming this summer. Looks fantastic. Looks like a Guy Ritchie film, um, but through David Leach's David lens. Which, I mean, if that not doesn't bad. get you excited. Not a bad thing. <laughs> yeah, oh, is David, David Leach
2: in post on that right now? He must be. Yeah, so then he's not doing it. coming fast. out in
0: July. Yeah, so he's, he's definitely not. Well, I guess he could he
2: July. No. So anyway.
0: Anyway. All right. Uh, and then today, this morning, was the Disney panel, um, which had uh, the first 20 minutes of Doctor Strange, uh, which I can't give you any details of, but I can just react to. Coming Here, out next he, week. Here's two things that you uh, are going to be very, very excited to hear. He's a medical uh, it, doctor and he's weird. That's it. Done. We're moving on. So strange. Nailed <laughs> it, it has uh, Sam Raimi's fingerprints all over it. Dude. Nice. It looks like oh, it. Oh, my God. It felt like. Because of the chunk of the action that we saw in the footage that was shown is the stuff that you can see in the trailer where they're fighting that eyeball creature, uh, the one that throws the bus at them. So it's set in New York. Um, he's essentially attending uh, Rachel McAdams character, Christine. He's attending her wedding and oh, this wow. creature invades New York and he has to sort of hop into action. And it felt like New York in the three Spider-Man uh, films that Raimi directed. It felt real. Listen, I love No Way Home a ton. I love it, right? But I'll admit that a lot of it felt like kind of green screeny sure. or shot on a, on a stage, maybe for COVID, you know, when it had to film or maybe for secrecy. This felt like Raimi was in the streets of New York City, like filming Benedict Cumberbatch running around with Benedict Wong and fighting a creature. So it looked, <laughs> it looked pretty sick. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just the shots
1: it. alone in the trailer, like those like famous like Raimi. Like, I, don't know, the, 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 I always... I'll never forget when I was a kid, and I saw the evil dead for the first time and just the way he used cameras, a POV and kind of going in and out of the, the cabin or whatever. The, I saw shots in the Doctor Strange 2 trailer that reminded me of Evil Dead yeah. and like to, for him to like take that leap into a major. I mean, obviously he already has with the first three Spider-Man films, but you can tell that filmmaker is still there. Very much so.
0: Oh, dude, 100 percent. If anything, he's energized, you know, by being away from it for a while and then coming back. I know he said in some interviews like he wanted to prove to himself that he could do a superhero movie now. And it feels like just in the 20 minutes that we saw that he's pulling out all the stops. Also, it's important to note, like, you know, with Sam Raimi, for example, like a
1: a lot of these Marvel films, one of the biggest complaints I have sometimes is you can't feel the director's voice. Oh, and yeah. like I, I from what I've seen and what you're saying, it sounds like this is clearly a Sam Raimi film. And like I just it's not holding back. It's like I, I just don't sometimes a filmmaker's vision or voice gets lost in the gigantic element of Marvel. And I'm just glad to hear that it, it's coming through visually.
0: Have, I'm telling you, in the opening minutes, you're gonna be like, oh, this is a Sam Raimi film. You're ready. gonna know it right off the bat. Did, I'm did Bill you Pope?
1: Did Bill Pope shoot this? Because Bill Pope shot. I know we have to go. The Bill Pope shot the other Spideys, right? While
0: you're looking that up, I'm going to transition over to Lightyear and then tell me the answer when you get it. Um, I didn't didn't understand what Lightyear was, and now I get it. Do you guys know the premise behind Lightyear? It's the movie that the toy is based on, right? Yes, exactly. Um, They say they open it up with title cards that essentially say uh, in 1995, Andy bought a a Buzz Lightyear toy uh, after he saw... This movie, uh, after he saw a movie that he loves, this is that movie. Right. So it's like, it'd be like Star Wars, which is awesome. essentially for us. Yeah. So but that set up a, a premise to me of like, OK, well, if Andy loves this movie, like this movie has to show us. It has to tell me why he loves it. Right. It has to be really, really good. It can't just be uh, Toy Story references, you know, because this has to be a movie that stood on its own. And Andy loved the way that we all love Star Wars. Um, and I'm telling you, after watching the first 30 minutes of it, I totally get what why Andy would <laughs> love this movie. It's just action packed sci fi um, <clears throat> with it doesn't treat the the um, Buzz Lightyear character like um, you know, Tim Allen plays him as a little bit of like a exaggerated, um, you know, almost to the point of him being the joke kind of thing. Whereas Chris Evans character is just a straight up um, Indiana Jones type sci-fi hero and there's a element that adds some tragedy to the story that i do not want to reveal but what what i want to say is it gave the premise and the concept of the movie way more heart than i thought going into it there's a there's a hook somewhere in the middle of this light year stuff i want to
2: say that that was in the most recent trailer what you're discussing but we don't have to talk about it because i okay the what i know from the trailer is was like a big i was like oh they could have left that out
0: Oh, interesting. Okay, because I didn't yeah. see it, so maybe it's
2: that's... it's the it's what it's what happens to him that then seems We're... like it's gonna the way the rest of the story is gonna unfold. Does that make yes. sense? To yeah, be, yeah, yeah, to be yeah. yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yes, <laughs> and I did cagey? not know. I didn't know
0: that was gonna. I didn't. Know was gonna I, I didn't happen. know that
2: either. But it is in the most recent trailer, which that's interesting. Yeah. But, they but we can say about it because because it does feel like that would be a great reveal.
0: Okay. I will. Uh, I will not say anything more about that. But I will say that I love the animation. I thought the animation looked fantastic. It has kind of that Art Deco uh, '60s feel to it, especially when they're out in space. And um, yeah, it looks like it's going to be a ton of fun. I was pretty skeptical about this. I was. I was. I just felt like, why do we need this? You know, why are you showing me the movie that Andy loved? I don't necessarily care all that much. But it ended up becoming a great hook, and uh, and I'm I'm kind of all in on it. So, and then the Disney panel today concluded with our first look uh, at James Cameron's Avatar Two. Wow, uh, heading back to Pandora. It was a, a teaser trailer, so very short. Uh, and I want to let everybody know who's listening to it right now. It is going to be available exclusively in theaters uh, starting on May sixth. So if you go see Doctor Strange, it's likely going to oh, be attached. Trailer. Trailer. Yeah, the, was like, the wait, what? teaser trailer will be, and then it'll be online a week after. And again, this is Cameron just, God bless him, you know, promoting the theatrical experience, getting you into a theater.
2: And they're to, they're re-releasing the first Avatar, right? At the end of the they year, they will
0: in September. I want to say September twenty third. How, how a, much?
2: How much room does it have? Or wait, did it? Did it retake the lead?
0: It did. It did when it, oh, okay. it opened in China? Yeah, and okay. so it'll they will just increase the theaters at that point
1: the re-release in september is remastered and remixed and yes. it's i don't know did
2: they say if it's going to be in 3d
0: i think it will be they didn't say but i assume it will be
2: yeah okay. i assume you'd want to although i don't know i mean does that technology so change enough i don't know
0: here's my take on on the footage that was shown i was really hoping for, to see like something mind-blowing that made me feel like oh all right but it looked like Avatar. <laughs> it it oh, just—it no. still looks like the Na'vi, and it still looks like Pandora. And you know, the 3D looked okay. It looked good. You know, I'm not gonna say that it wasn't, but it—but it wasn't. And, and listen, there's so many factors that play into this. We were in the Colosseum, you know, at Caesar's Palace. So it's kind of big and I'm way up in the balcony. So who knows how it plays? It didn't feel. It didn't feel as immersive. It had, a, a, you know, a, co- a like a dimension to it. And I will say that there's a lot more. So the, the subtitle of this is Avatar, the way of water, the way of the water or what? The way the, of the water, maybe. I don't I know. But um, it was. The, OK, I'll look. OK. Uh, there are a lot of scenes that take place underneath the water and I know that they're putting a lot of attention into into perfecting that and that did look incredible. Like there is it's, some stuff with Jake holding on to the fin of a whale as it's swimming like through water and it looked incre- it really did look incredible. But it still just looked like avatar so yeah, I don't it really It is know. the uh,
2: the way of water avatar. The way, the way of, of water. water. Okay. okay. December also- 16th.
1: Yeah, and 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 so this is the film where I believe James Cameron cracked the code on how to make underwater performance capture like like work in a way, right? and I, okay. I, I asked uh, Zoe Saldana about that for Adam Project, and she obviously she's in the movie, so she said it was I mean incredible, and I th- I felt like she was being genuine, but yeah. I just wondered like what that looked like. You said that it, with the, it yeah. looks
0: it's hard to describe, but it really does look like people are, are, are acting underwater. Um, You know, what's interesting. James Wan came up on stage to uh, talk a bit about Aquaman. And he said, one of the differences in technology between the first Aquaman and this new one is that the way that they're doing it is almost performance capture. He said he has a hundred small cameras that are pointing at the performer and capturing their performance and then projecting it into a 3d image. So he's getting yeah. like every, every ounce of their performance. I don't it, I, listen. I don't until I, I see it. I'm skeptical.
2: He, I saw that too. And he was talking about it in reference to like wire work yeah. and things. Yeah. Which is like, I just, uh, yeah, I, I'm curious to see how that translates. But like if
1: but it's if actually underwater though, that's the true. difference. Sure, is he
0: sure. really, is he shooting oh, it no, in water?
1: Like, that's what they, That that's the entire innovation of what, two is going to be, in my opinion, is okay. like he figured out a way from what I understand, and I could be wrong on this, to actually capture actors' performances underwater so they can make them digital characters that they're going to okay. be. But apparently this had not been perfected prior to now, but I don't know a ton about it. I just know that that's the thing he was working on really I hard. don't doubt
0: it. But here's the thing. They were talking about uh, heavily that it's going to be the latest innovations in 3D... Um, in high frame rates, like all of these different things. So, I really anticipated when I saw the footage, I was gonna be like, This is gonna look so did it different. It seem
1: faster, like, did it seemed like it was 48 frames or maybe 35. I mean, normally we're 24, it didn't. It didn't seem that. that
2: that's Not good though. I, I don't like the faster frames. The faster frames look like soap operas to me. So,
1: depends it on does. how fast you go. Like, 48, you could see it. I wonder yeah. if maybe he'll play in the 30s somewhere because if he's playing with frame rates, um. I mean that's the whole thing about Avatar right I mean the first film like he we we all know famously that he spent all these years building the tech and the script just didn't feel at yeah. all uh worth it in terms of that time period but the cameras that they created I mean the 3D in Avatar I still think the greatest 3D I've ever seen is Hugo and that's Robert Richardson it's a whole different game um but I, I I'm I'm what you're saying about the 3D is bothering me because that's what I'm hoping for. I was like, okay, it's been 12 years, right? right and right. I would imagine that Pandora is going to look even more insanely immersive. because I didn't love the first avatar. So I'm, I, I mean, I'm here to give James Cameron all the chances he wants because he made Terminator I, 2. You I know do what think, I, mean? so, I do
2: think if it's, if it's, you know, the, the conceit of it is that the majority of it or a chunk of it or a lot of it is, is underwater. Right. From what I, from what I know of the first avatar, I feel like it's going to, you know, Sean, you mentioned you're up in a balcony and stuff in a, in a, in a better setup. Right. um, I feel like it could be really great because the best parts of Avatar is when there's a lot in the foreground. Like there's a lot that's like moving by Mm -hmm. your face. That was super immersive. So I feel like setting it under the water means that anything can be at any depth.
1: Bubbles. Yeah, fish. Little fish could swing by and give you depth of field. Yeah, stuff that's,
2: you know, not distracting, but like enough to like Make you feel like you're in the space, which mm-hmm. had, which Avatar, the first Avatar had moments like that, like whenever the the tree mm-hmm. was burning and, and the ash was falling. Like, I remember that feeling like it was I was enveloped yeah. in that scene.
1: Another moment like that, game was like when when Stephen Lang, he had this mirror in, in the cockpit of like the area where he was fighting sure. and there was something about the 3D. That with the mirror that I always found fascinating, like it really gave it some strange depth that I didn't think it would. But it's like these little tools like Gabe is saying you can put in place to give you some form of depth of field and understand that it's a 3D space. That's why I thought Hugo was so brilliant, because that opening shot in the train station is a different director and different cinematographer. But like when you do 3D right. It can work. It's just most Mm -hmm. filmmakers don't do it right. That's the one
0: aspect I want to bring up about the Avatar sequels that they revealed today, which I did not know, is they said each of them is going to be a standalone story. Um, They will each come to a conclusion. And they said um, when you see all five of them, they will contribute to a saga, but they're not interwoven or connected or you're not going to get to the end of Avatar three and have a cliffhanger and have to wait. And I kind of wonder if that. Gives them the ability to stop <laughs> if people aren't going to them. Uh, I don't know. That was, that was one of well, the how, first. How, thoughts are, I had how many
2: of them have they shot so far?
0: That I don't know. Um, They've shot, they I, shot four. Have oh, they shot all two, three, four, and five? Pretty sure. I could well, be wrong. I mean, He's it's still,
2: shot at that point. It's like, I mean, post is a lot, but like, oh,
0: yeah,
1: you're in. Well, post on those movies is everything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Got everything, but you know,
0: so that was it's, interesting. Um, and that's going to come out in December, Kev. I got to go back to Lightyear because I forgot to tell you one important thing yeah. they announced that Lightyear is going to be the first animated feature to uh have aspect one. ratio shifts. Yep, so Isn't that, that one is jumping to <laughs> one fourth.
1: So this is amazing. So Lightyear is <laughs> actually going to one four three, which is insane like yeah. I, i'm like I, I can't i mean i can't believe they're doing this which is really cool and for people listening with 143 is when you jump up to like that full-blown full-screen square imax that, that they, l- anim- known, they animated an
2: imax too did you hear that mm-hmm. kept, they like they animated yeah. for imax which is crazy yeah it's
1: gonna literally Great. jump up and i don't know what scenes they're gonna use to do that with but you know they can't
2: they can't put this pixar movie uh Right, Disney, Disney Plus. Plus. <laughs> and
1: for anybody out there listening, if you really want to understand like what what that means, go listen to our Denis Villeneuve interview for Dune because he explains like the the narrative reasoning why he would jump ratios for an action scene. And I think they were really punctual when I saw Dune that way. And Lightyear, that's really cool that an animated film is going to play with that a bit. I like. Who is the f- director of Lightyear? Who are the filmmakers? Uh,
2: I'm not sure. Is, I, I, can't, I can't remember the the gentleman's name. It's, the, it's it, the Pixar model of, like, he was, like, a character um, uh, animator see. or something like that, and he had worked on, like, Story, I think, within Toy Story, and this is, I think, Angus. his first... Angus yeah, McLean. Angus, Angus McLean, and this is his first okay. feature. I think he did one short recently, but you know that Pixar model of, like, they work yeah. in a department at Pixar, they work their way up, and then they, they tap somebody to
0: direct internally, mm-hmm.
1: so... I'm just fascinated that they're going to play with that one four three aspect so in cool. an animated film. Like as I'm, soon as I'm, I heard
0: that, I knew you'd be geeked out about that. <laughs> yeah,
1: because I had read somewhere they were doing that, but I didn't know that it was it was a, a confirmed. But yeah, they're definitely yeah. and also well. Now here's the thing: is it one? Now I don't want to get too much of minutia, but it could be one nine zero as well, which is another IMAX ratio, which is the general one that we see like in the AMC's. So I but I did hear somewhere it could be one four three. I hope I'm not wrong on that, but I'm pretty sure it might jump full. I believe they were touting um,
2: it as full IMAX.
1: So yeah. I mean we'll find out. Full IMAX could mean yeah. But one it could be one nine oh or one four three. If it's one four three, that's that's like Nolan style. <laughs> that's why it's awesome. and
0: speaking of Nolan, uh, what do I have left to see? The universal panel is gonna happen right after we finish this. I don't know if they're gonna show any any bit of Oppenheimer. Like no way. Probably everything not, we've seen everything right?
2: we've seen are just like stolen set photos, right like nothing's Correct. officially been released right? one Correct. official
1: shot of Killian Murphy right. uh that was like a right. photo release, probably yeah. not a scene it's probably just a, a camera promotional still, image is
0: uh, is one of you two still reading that book? I
2: still haven't gotten it yet. it's still back ordered Kevin are I'm you reading it?
1: it yeah I'm in it. It, are it, pretty- it, it, it oh I'm not far at all it is okay. uh, i I'm, but i' I've also been like. I've been watching so much Big Bang Theory and Ozark that I haven't had oh, yeah. time. But that book is a monster. Yeah. And I'm like, well, what's what's really weird is and Sean, you know this. Uh, there's so many times in your life where you feel like things are speaking to you coincidentally. Oh, yeah. um, and 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 Sean and I've had this discussion before. But in a weird coincidence, I'm watching Big Bang Theory right now because Jake's gave me that as a punishment for the Oscars. And I've continued going on one season five. There have been at least 10 Oppenheimer references in the show. That's funny. So I'm like sitting here watching this. And every time like we're in the middle of the, they're filming Oppenheimer. I have the Oppenheimer book back here. I'm like, this just seems weird. Like, like yeah. the, those little, I know it's. The universe weird. is talking to you. Yes. Yeah. Like someone's saying like, like and i am honestly, uh, to be honest with you, I've never. And the last thing I'll say about Oppenheimer, then we can move on. Cause you're going to the panel. Hopefully they'll mention something there. Maybe show you some of the, if you see some 70 millimeter black and white footage, IMAX footage, I'm going to, I'm going to to be amazing. Um, But one of the things that's interesting about this Oppenheimer story, though, is I'm so fascinated to know what happened and how we and how and the person behind this, because he's so synonymous with the bomb. Yeah. And that is all I know about Oppenheimer. I don't I mean, the the historical aspect of it and kind of what happened to him and what he did. But I'm so fascinated to learn about this through a deep dive.
2: I'm just wondering what what's going to be in IMAX. Are are we going to see explosions and stuff? I have no idea. Well, Test. it was really interesting. I did I did get to read like a sample of the book. I'm it's still on back order and I want to I want to read the the physical it's like book. It's a British publisher. Right? It's, it came from like I don't know. But, yeah. but what from what I've read what's really interesting and I didn't know was um and and what it seems like a lot of the book it covers and and I think that is sort of ripe for Nolan to cover is that he is sort of the premier engineer physicist behind the atom bomb, but he then spent the rest of his life sort of fighting it. Like he spent right. the rest of his life, like trying to get governments and, and our government to put sort of rules and things in place to mitigate the use of them. And and like sort of warning, like, Hey, this is, this is a, like a lot of power that we've yeah. created here. And, and, and that's dangerous. Um, and so that dynamic of rushing to sort of discover this thing and then imagine- having to fight your greatest achievement. Yeah. Um, and then the government sort of, there's this whole, um, that thriller aspects kind of wrong, but, Gov- the the government sort of um uh blacklisting him as like a communist because he was so like trying to fight them on the body. it's really interesting i could think you the imagine the really guilt that
0: a person would have you know inventing mm. uh essentially a weapon that could wipe out you know huge chunks yeah. of humanity like i imagine
2: that's why they cast killian murphy because he is incredibly deep he is, right. he is incredibly um I don't know what the word is he can he can emote so much with so little and yeah. so I think being able to bounce between the leader of this team that's you know um uh this charismatic leader of this team that has to build this bomb and then someone who's dealing with that I'm he's got that oh, range card. god It'd this is such a strange Jump that I'm gonna make, but the
1: way you described Oppenheimer, and this is completely just in a in a condensed version, kind of reminds me of Miles' character from Miles from Terminator Two, um, who creates the the ultimate oh, sure. weapon that wipes out you know, Skynet and goes hmm. self aware or whatever. But what's fascinating about the arc that gabe was just talking about is like basically he builds he, he works his whole life to or career to build this thing and then literally tries to fight to stop it from being mm-hmm. <laughs> made or continuing it I, want, I was that's actually interesting i wonder if miles not i'm not saying cameron based him on oppenheimer but like was he there was a, a famous, shell of that a shell of yeah. that arc is fascinating yeah. to me because when gabe was describing it just now the first thing i thought about was miles dyson from Dyson, Miles Dyson from uh Terminator 2. To be oh fair,
2: God. you think about Terminator 2 often. So. I do. You know, that I relate true. everything they to see too. So like you know, if you're if crying, the I'm like, when I know now why you cry.
0: The moment when he's breathing in that weird breathing <laughs> yeah. pattern. Yeah. 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 That, dude, that's a scene from my youth that I will never forget. Same. The, the way that he performed that is so because indelible. you can feel the bullets.
1: Like, yeah. like he takes like they 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 spray him with like it must have been like seven or eight. He got hit a lot. But yeah. the, the way he breathes in that moment, it's the it's the it's the breath in and out. That it's yeah. it, it, honestly, you're right. It's like one of the most immersive deaths. Oh, my God. I've ever seen. Like, you know, you feel the, da- the him dying. It's brutal. All right. Yeah. Pay attention yeah. to my
0: Twitter feeds tomorrow because uh, I will get a chance to see Top Gun Maverick and we can react to it immediately afterwards. And then uh, we're going to be out in San Diego for the junket next week. So we'll have some stories uh, about that. So, and a hashtag up. if it happens. And you're a hashtag. Crossed. Yes. Oh, yeah. Keep it in So, thoughts and prayers. All right. This Week in Movies is a film coming out with, I believe, has Liam Neeson in it called Memory. Yeah, And Kev wants to let everybody know that the Ozark finale uh, has dropped. So, Kev, yes. take it away.
1: So, as you're watching this, or as you're listening to this, if it's Friday, um, the last seven episodes of Ozark have dropped. Um, They broke it up very much similar to Breaking Bad, where the first seven came out already and now they're dropping the last seven so when you log into your netflix account you're actually starting with season four episode eight just so you know um and uh, I'm at this point in time allowed to talk about the first six, but not allowed, not allowed to talk about the finale, which I'm not going to. So all I will say is this. Uh, I loved it uh, as a series. I'm a huge fan of this series. I think Bateman did an amazing job. Julia Garner was phenomenal. Laura Linney, everybody is incredible and it's and it really is gripping and intense and brutal and messed up and just insane like you would expect at Ozark season to be um but as a fan of this series has been with it for a while i'm i'm just very happy to see the direction they went in with everything um i will speak more into detail later but um the i think there's an embargo on the finale talk until monday the second um but you know i uh, Julia Garner and Laura Linney and Jason Bateman. I mean, these are some of the best performances I've, I've seen from actors and just in general and like the nuances of Bateman. And, and she, he's, he's amazing. It's out. I want to ask now. you so
0: many questions. Yeah. But I don't want to ask you any questions. <laughs> yeah,
1: and I, I want to advise people, please stay off Twitter um on on Friday if you can. Um this is a show that you you deserve to enjoy it without it being spoiled. And there's gonna be some idiot on the internet Mm -hmm. on Friday who's gonna wake up at three A.M. Thursday night, watch all seven and just start spoiling it. So just please, if you are invested in this show and you wanna have the ride, and it's the ride you deserve and the ride of entertainment, which is fast fantastic, stay away from social media because someone's gonna ruin it. And this is this is a show that you wanna you
0: want to take it on your own. That's all, all I right.
1: say.
0: All right, it's going to be on Netflix. Check it out. Uh, yeah. This week's blend game celebrates the talent of Rosario Dawson. We're playing hashtag Rosario Dawson blend. And Gabe, I'm going to throw it to you because uh, Jake is not here, and he's yes. not here because his voice is shot. But he wrote uh, his pick, and it's sh- it sh- you share his pick. So
2: yeah, so so yes. Where'd you so guys go? Jake is out sick um, and it didn't make sense to have him record a thing sounding sick um, so I asked him to send me his pick and to write up a little something that he wanted and that I would read it and he just so happened to pick um, what I ended up getting, Why I ended up picking and for pretty much the same reason um, something I will, so we're going to kind of give our picks together here, one thing I will preface and this is my preface, not his um, looking through her filmography it, it was hard to kind of find a favorite I found that um, there's a lot of her stuff cause she's, she's been acting for ever. Um, and there's a lot of her stuff that I haven't seen. Um, but most of everything that I have seen, I, I like her in, I always enjoy seeing her, but there wasn't much of anything that like stood out of like, that's where I fell in love with her as an actor or that movie in particular, whatever it was, nothing really stood out as like a, an obvious choice for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I landed on because I find it the most exciting, um, and, and Jake agrees with me. Is her role as Ahsoka um, in Mando and Boba, and she's now nice. getting um, her own series. I'll read what Jake wrote. He said her role in Ahsoka, um, because it's a casting and a performance uh, that the second you see it, you think, yeah, she's the perfect choice. And he and I both uh, can't wait to see more of her. To expand on that a little bit, I, I do think that's the sort of thing where I- I'm not a massive um, fan of the Clone Wars animated series. I like what I've seen. I just haven't, I haven't watched all of that, and I know that mm. has a lot of diehard fans. Um, And I believe some of those fans really wanted to see like the original voice actress maybe showing up. Um, But I think most everyone agreed as soon as, as soon as she showed up on screen, it was like somehow it looked, it just looked exactly like what you thought it would, it should in your head, Mm -hmm. even though it was this animated character. Um, I think she has the sort of presence that you need to be a Jedi, especially a Jedi of that caliber and that stature that we, we see her in um, so late in her sort of, or so many years after the, the Clone Wars sort of events. Um, and I'm very excited for Obi-Wan, but Ahsoka, as far as Star Wars projects, I think is right up there for me, um, for what I want to see. So Ahsoka, I think she's perfect. Good choice. And yeah, she's where'd you fantastic. Go. So
1: this is an interesting one for me because like Gabe actually says it exactly how I how I was trying to explain it to myself because the films that she's been a part of, I'm like, you know what, I'm going to cheat on this one, and I'm just going to go ahead and cheat on this one because, because like I think Rosario Dawson deserves, in my mind, uh, a bigger scope for me because she's been in so many films that I found amazing. Um, so I'm going to mention a few because I think these parts were incredible. Clerks 2 is uh, a role of hers that I absolutely love. I thought she fit into Kevin's Smith's world really well. Um, that was the first Kevin Smith movie that made me cry. And I I will always remember her being in that and like that scene and her drama with Brian's character that leads to Brian and Jeff Randall and Dante in the prison, which is a phenomenal or jail, which is a phenomenal scene. Um, And just in terms of emotion, as somebody who's been watching the View Askew universe for so long, I thought she fit in really well with that crowd. And she kind of put the characters in their place when they would do stupid things. I thought she was a really great character character in that world um so i have to mention that she's phenomenal in sin city uh i i just think that rodriguez crushed it with that role or with that with that film and then everybody stood out i mean you have some of the great biggest actors in the world in that movie from bruce willis to you know mickey Rourke to jessica alba to everybody elijah mm-hmm. wood and i remember rosario's character so well i can see her in my mind right now mm-hmm. um because she set such a precedent with that character on screen she was such a badass in that movie um and you know there's so many things that i could like go to but those are the two that i thought of the most i mean obviously kids was probably the first time i saw her um and i just think that she i don't know i i find her filmography to be just fascinating and didn't she work with danny boyle in trance which i I thought was a phenomenal performance she is like you're both
0: saying though in that she yeah. doesn't have a starring vehicle, you know. It's kind she's, of like
1: just bit, th- role, great roles in great films. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, well, I thought you were going to go with Death Proof. To be honest, did either uh, Death Proof well, was the Death other one. Death Proof I, was the third one yeah. that I was trying to remember off the top of my head because she's so great in Death Proof, yeah. and yeah. like, and, and I'm telling you, it's like it's it's weird. Rosario almost fits into this strange thing in my mind of like I just love her in so many films. Have,
2: did either yeah. of you check out the, the was it DMZ? No, no
0: i did not um, I'm, curious yes. to see that. I'm curious to see that i do that. want to that's, see that as well
2: too uh what's her name the filmmaker is it karen kusman uh ava duvernay, ava duvernay oh ava ava, right? ava. Okay. Ava DuVernay. yeah
1: that the dmz yeah yeah that was a show yeah, yeah. on that looks HBO that looks Max. really
2: good yeah um and that's a, for her a starring role. she's done a lot of like television stuff
0: um i went with clerks too, uh, too. F- for this reason uh with with all due respect to kevin smith um the, the Clerks films in particular are his most um, amateur because the the guys who, who act in them don't do other things, right? Like they, they only really do the Clerks movies. And Kevin Smith has the ability to work with the likes of Ben Affleck and Matt Damon and, you know, and other high profile stars. But when he goes back to the Clerks world he's leaning on guys who really are just known for clerks. And it was fascinating to me to see Rosario Dawson, who, again, as you guys are both saying, is such a proven actress and is so good at everything she does, fit into that world. And it was like she was legitimizing uh, Kevin's dialogue, Kevin Smith's dialogue, and turning it into, I was like, oh, this is what you can do with Kevin Smith's dialogue when you give it to a, a tremendous actress. And even, you know, with all due respect to, I don't want to be putting down like Jason Lee, but when Jason Lee did Mallrats he wasn't Jason Lee yet. You know, he was still just known for skateboarding. And
1: that's one of uh, my favorite Jason Lee before you know, and also uh, like, I don't know. See, I disagree with you. I think, I think actors have done great things with Kevin's work. Like, and and meaning that like, like even Shannon Doherty in mall rats is fantastic. Um, but I know what you're saying because the, the, the two leads of Clerks, Jeff Anderson and Brian O'Halloran, they're not the greatest actors of all time. Like they're just no. but they're great as Dante and Randall. But no, I know what you're saying because like Rosario being dropped into that film world as, as a as a as a leading character does. It is. You're right. It's like a, this like incredible actor against two actors who aren't like phenomenal, but, but they're good at what they yeah, it's interesting. I, don't, I don't know But she's mean. I don't so know.
0: natural. She made them better like the scenes that they share with her are better because she's so good at being um like I just believe that she was a, a jersey, you know, manager of a fast food joint. I totally <laughs> right, bought, I totally right. bought into the fact that that that's her. Right. I wasn't like this is Rosario Doss. Like Nicole Kidman could not be dropped into Clerks 2, you know, and and be convincing as uh Dante's love interest, essentially. <laughs> so, um, I think Rosario Dawson has that incredible ability to uh, to really fit in in any kind of ensemble that you drop her into and just do incredible work. So, I had to go with that. But I was going to go Death Proof too because I I love that when It was one of my favorite Quentin works. Uh, Kimberly Sue and Abby said her role as Claire Temple in the Daredevil series and the uh, MC, uh, the Marvel Universe on Netflix. She pops up in all of those films and is a connective thread. Oh, oh, all those television series and is a connective thread. She's great in it. Marcel Freeman went with uh, Spike Lee's He Got Game uh, whereas Cam McKinney went with Spike Lee's 25th Hour. David, Paul Marsh, and many more said Dope Sick. I'm not familiar with what Dope Sick is. is a- dope
2: Sick it? is uh, it's a new, newer series on Michael Hulu. Keaton. Michael Keaton oh, stars I, in I, it okay, okay, and it's about the, the sort of birth of the opioid epio- uh, uh, um, opioid epidemic. Opioid?
0: Gotcha. Yes. Uh, Tom Hahn said Sin City. I totally butchered Tom's last name. Ha- Honol, maybe? Honol? I think so. Said Sin City. Uh, Reverse Goblin says her underrated performance as Wonder Woman uh, in the DC animated universe. <clears throat> and then Robert Adzori, David Cox, and many others went with Quentin Tarantino's Death Proof. So thank you, everybody, for Roberto, participating. by the way. You forgot about it. The... Roberto. I said Robert? Roberto. I'm sorry. Roberto. Yes. <laughs> Roberto Adzori uh, went with... Quentin is Death Proof. So next week, uh, being the fact that we are all heading into the Multiverse of Madness, we're going to be playing Hashtag Benedict Cumberbatch Blend. Good luck spelling all that out. It's going to take up a lot of your Have 240 fun. characters. Uh, hopefully,
2: hopefully your pick isn't uh, Doctor Strange the Multiverse of Madness, or that'll be your entire tweet. <laughs> so. uh,
0: you can, well, listen, if that's the case, you can email us at blend Very true. And that's where you can also leave us a review if you would like to, or you can go to Apple Podcasts and drop a review on there. You can give us a rating on Spotify. That helps uh, to grow the show. Our next premium episode is, uh, Gabe, uh, there's an update on update. the topic. You teased yes. this at the beginning of the show I and did. said it was going to be super exciting and really old... big and everyone should tune mm-hmm. in to listen to
2: this. No, I didn't. I said the opposite of that, to be <laughs> fair. Um, so yeah, the real ones are probably the only ones who are still here. A quick update. We were supposed to do um, our refresh review of Hook. Um, as you heard, Jake is sick um sean is still in vegas and kevin had some scheduling stuff pop up so we're kind of it's kind of a mess this week but we're going to make it work the plan is for jake and i to handle the premium tomorrow he is planning on feeling better that's why we're giving him today to rest up um so i don't have an announcement yet because we're still playing that by ear of what exactly he and i are going to do we are going to push off um the refresh review um at least a week um, although next week is Top Gun, and that's also crazy. So, you know, hashtag if it happens is the lifestyle that we live by. Um, mm-hmm.
0: But Monday, new episode, that is the plan. Awesome. In the meantime, follow us on social media at Jake's Takes, at Kevin McCarthy TV, at Sean underscore O'Connell, at Gabe Kovach, and the show is at Real Blend. We'll be back next week uh, with three of the four of us together in person uh, for the very first time, and a hashtag if it happens uh and more fun from the Roblin family so until then Explain. oh cookie pads QB,
2: what's so special about hero Bread's soft
1: fluffy and delicious breads buns and tortillas hero bread serves up zero to one grams of net carbs five to 11 grams of protein and high fiber in every delicious serving made with natural ingredients hero bread supports gut health promotes weight management and helps maintain blood sugar